0: moving to LA and figuring out what's working and not working and then taking a moment to regroup if you have to move home for a little while is not a bad thing Uh, there's a lot of people who feel like they're failures and it's like no you're never too late to start over you know and and assess what was good about that first move and what you can do better next time
1: Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. My name is Daniel and I am your host. So guys, we're here for another amazing episode, a great interview. We're so excited. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our Team Hustle episode uh, that we released last week. Um, Just to kind of recap some of the stuff we talked about on that episode. Uh, First of all, from now on, we will be just releasing one episode a week. Um, I think this will help a lot, as we talked about, help us be able to market that episode a little bit more, give you guys more time to listen to it, since the episodes can be a little long uh, uh, for podcasts. Uh, We also are going to be doing intros and outros separately, uh, so I'll be handling part ones usually, and Michael will be handling part two, and Katra will probably handle one here or there as well. Uh, again, that's another update. We've added Katra Parkman to the team. She is going to be our associate producer slash social media strategist and consultant, helping us out with our marketing stuff. And she'll be on some episodes from here and there, just to give her female, uh, you know, give a female perspective and her f- perspective as an actor and and uh, a creator, and uh, and someone who understands a little bit about marketing. So I think it'll be really an- interesting to get her ideas and her thoughts as well. Um, so that's some of the stuff that was from there. We also talked about our fears and, you know, what holds us back as actors. And, and I know there's people out there who uh, I've even seen it online this week that talk about, you know, if some of are afraid to talk about their failures on uh, social media that, you know, they're not they're not used to that. And I think that's good. Talk about it. People need to know that other people fail. Um, so if you go to a crappy audition, talk about it to people, let people know. I mean, I think it's important that we know as a community, we're not all perfect and, and sometimes it is hard and everybody goes through struggles. So that's, I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, so it was great. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and take a listen at some really good stuff there. Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to, um, I don't think there's really any other show updates, uh, other than that right now. Uh we're doing, you know, right now we we we've surpassed 300 followers on Instagram, which is fantastic. Um if you know anybody that would be interested in following us and, and learning what we're go- what we're doing and about the show, please let them know about us on Instagram, Hollywood Hustle Podcast. We're also on Twitter, LA Hustle Cast. Um we, you know, we really wanted to make this a community. That is something I've been really strongly pushing for a while, and I want to make sure that we have a group of supporters, uh, not just for the show but for each other. Um, I think that's really important, and so I want to make sure that happens. So keep you know reaching out to us, keep retweeting and replying to us. We love to ask questions, just engage with you guys. Um, if you have anything you want to see more on our feeds, on our Insta stories, or Instagram, or Twitter, let us know. Reach out to us, uh, Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. So, Without further ado, in act one with our fantastic guest this week, uh, producer, writer, casting director and entrepreneur, Alyssa Carter. Alyssa and I discuss living in San Jose and how you realize you've been doing what you love your whole life without really understanding that it was your dream job. We talk about moving to LA and struggling to survive as an actress, being an intern for a talent agent, how to know if college is right for you, and understanding what makes a great casting director. Alyssa talks about her company, Cast and Reels, and how they can help you produce a professional and awesome actor reel for a reasonable price. You can check them out at castandreels.com. All of this and a little drama and more make this one of our best interviews at. So grab your director's chair and put on your casting hat as we talk to the wonderful and amazing Alyssa Carter. Take it away, Daniel. Thank you, Michael and Daniel. Today, I'm sitting with the wonderful Alyssa Carter. Alyssa wears several hats, including writer, director, producer, and casting director. Hailing from the beautiful city of San Jose, Alyssa has produced several productions, including Amusia and The Land I Once Knew. She has also directed several productions and written them, including Sing About It and Safety First. When she's not directing and producing, Alyssa loves to judge the fates of other actors by casting them, including several productions called Forget Me Not and Lori Sheedy F.U. She is also a fan of dancing, hip hop dancing, I love it, rollerblading, and Gardening, very relaxing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the heads of the wonderful Cast and Reels, Miss Alyssa Carter.
0: Hey! Thanks, guys, for having me. Yay! Is that too long? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so
1: much for being on, Alyssa.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here.
1: So, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, You're from San, San Jose. Yes. Uh, Tell us about growing up there. Your family. Do you have brothers, sisters? What were What were they like? I have too many of those
2: things.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, uh, deep dive into my life a little bit. Um, I have a mom and a dad.
1: Oh wow! Wait, wait, what?
0: (laughs) I also have a a stepmom and a stepdad. So I have two step brothers and I have two half sisters. Um, so I have a big old family. Wow, that's awesome! I am my mom's only child with my two step brothers, and then I am my dad's first child of three. Mm. Um, so, and then I'm so I'm technically the youngest at one house, the oldest at the other, and I'm technically in the middle too. So, <laughs> yes, and I'm my mom's only child. So, like, so like, it, all, it all blends together. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. Pretty pretty big family um, on both sides. Nice and um, yeah I grew up in I want to say like Almaden, Blossom Hill area. Um, if you know where the Oak Ridge Mall is that's where I hung out. And, um, and then I went to school uh, in Saratoga. I went to Archbishop Mitty High School, um, a Catholic high school. Oh boy, oh um, boy. It was fun. It's actually, it's actually a great school. Oh, uh, nice. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, after I graduated high school, I stayed home for a year working and saving up some money because I knew I wanted to go to Los Angeles to pursue the ever so popular career of acting. Oh,
1: yes, the the easy career of acting, right?
0: <laughs> the easy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever easy means to you. <laughs> and um and so I so I saved up some money and I moved down there in August 2007. Oh, wow. So it'll be 10 years I've lived here wow. this August. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when's the, when do you, what's the first memory you have of discovering like arts, like art or theater or film? What's the first memory you have?
0: Well, I was in third or fourth grade. I was nine. Mm-hmm. So third or fourth grade, I can't remember. Um, but my mom signed me up for Children's Musical Theater of San Jose. They are actually pretty damn reputable. Um, they are really good Community Theater for Kids. Oh, fantastic. And it's run by Kevin Hauge. Like, my my heart goes out to that <laughs> man. He's he's someone I, I have nostalgia when I think about oh. him and uh, and my time at that theater. So from about when I was nine to about 18, I had been performing with the Children's Musical Theater and my high school, which oh, wow. a lot of those kids from, we called CMT, um, were at my high school as well. So okay. a lot of the same community growing up mm-hmm. and doing theater oh wow so yeah big musical theater nerd singing dancing (laughs) acting being loud and obnoxious that whole thing
1: (laughs) what was the first production you did with them
0: i did cinderella rogers and hammerstein cinderella uh who did you play I was just the meek old town folk, because <laughs> I was nine. Did, did,
1: did you have any lines, like any that were your lines?
0: Um, Not in that show, okay. no. But the next show I was in, I had my first little solo. I was in Robin Hood. Oh, okay. And I was the role of Samantha, or Beth.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Everybody knows Samantha, the Robin and Mythos. <laughs> like,
0: who is this random Mary woman? <laughs>
1: she, then she went from Sherwood Forest to New York City to find some four, friend, four gal pals, and they hung out. So I was
0: nine in that show, and I had... A uh, I had, like, my first little solo, and that felt good. Oh, that's awesome. Good. And then uh, I could, like, list all of them to you if you want.
1: <laughs> Do you remember your first line in a theater show? Yeah. What was, what was your so first line? So in
0: in Robin Hood,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are you ready for my solo?
1: Oh, oh, oh she's going to sing, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first for other people singing and not me. And my, my, so my
0: voice is raspy today, too, so <laughs> You don't have to sing. If you want to just say it, it's one, it's, fine. it's one line. Oh, oh, go ahead. Them. Oh, we dine on porridge piping hot, and the mutton stew is simmered in the pot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
1: bravo. You. <laughs> bravo. That's a first here. Thank and... you, Doug
0: Santana, for giving me that role. <laughs> uh,
1: and you won several awards, I believe, for that, correct?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. All on my wall. Grammys, the, even.
1: <laughs> the liner, uh, the one-liner award, uh, it went to you. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, you performed in school, obviously. Yes. Um, Did you uh, create also, or were you more of just a performer at this
2: time?
0: You know, what's really funny is when you think you want one thing, Mm -hmm. and then you realize what your real thing is, and you start doing that, and then you realize how much of it you were actually doing the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, I had this revelation um, because I was always, I always wanted to be an actress and a singer growing up doing musical theater. What I realized looking back after becoming a filmmaker was that I was always like writing scripts for like our short projects in school or like our, um, we had like the summer camp, um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. But it was like a competition between groups of kids in the show. Mm. Um, Summer Games. It was just called Summer Games. And we had to write a script and perform it and like get points and stuff. Mm. I wrote it. I directed it. And I like told everybody where to stand. And like (laughs) that was me. And I did it. And I had a camera. And I was having my friend record it. And then like, you know, I did did a lot of that stuff where I was was kind of um, directing and putting stuff together and editing stuff like old-school on VHS tape like with your rewinder and your recorder with like your VHS player Mm -hmm. Um, So I did I did that a lot Um, Not really like being conscious of it. Right, right, right Um, So as much as I love to perform I really also liked putting stuff together too and having other people be a part of it and collaborating and Creating and leading a team and so that's always been very innate
1: in me. would you say that maybe um, part of the realization came after when you were more in an independent level where you had time to kind of think of it as I am creating this for something whereas like summer camp you were creating it for like a team it type was for of fun right it's just for, for fun? fun and then when you start looking at it for just you and for you to get something out then it becomes not it's fun but it becomes more of I want to get this out of my head out into the world is that do you think that helped come up come with that realization that independence
0: I independence obviously is is a really important factor right I think the revelation that I had though Mm. was um, actually when I started my background in casting Mm. um, I just realized that as much as I love acting it's not the life that I want Um, it's very hard and I commend anyone who does that that job because it is very inconsistent mm-hmm. and it's a struggle and a hustle and not everybody can live that life and afford it and right. maintain it. Um, so when I was in casting, I kind of had this realization, well, shoot, I really don't want to be an actor. This sounds like a terrible way to live. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed casting. I really enjoyed like seeing a script come to life. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, well, maybe if I'm not pursuing acting, I still want to do something entertainment related. And that's why I got into film school. And that was really when it kind of all came together. And I was like, wow, I feel 10 times more creatively fulfilled behind a camera, writing a script and working with a team of collaborators than I ever did being one person in front of a camera, Mm -mm. playing one role. Wow. Um, So that's really where I realized it. And then that's when I started thinking back Mm -hmm. on my life and was like, wow, I've always been...
1: Right. Doing that, I got you, and then you kind of connected the dots back exactly. to the summer the summer games. Yeah,
0: so yeah, you know, yeah, or just like school projects. Mm-hmm. Even I always was like had my hand raised and volunteered to be the leader and like took charge and was getting stuff done. So so
1: you say you volunteered to be tribute. In, yes. in the summer game
0: <laughs> nice I see what you no did problem. there was no great no, thank, you, thank you so much I'll
1: take, I'll take questions afterwards thank you um, so you performed in school do you remember what were some of your more uh, favorite or memorable roles that you did uh, while you were in school that you played
0: I was Gertrude McFuzz in Seussical oh nice that was really fun um, it's a great I got musical. to be a bird so that was great <laughs> Um, I just uh, I just had really good friends in that, in that show, and so that was a fond memory of mine. I was also in Les Miserables as uh, Madame Tenardier, oh. who also was played by a Carter, oh. on the bottom Carter. <laughs> um, so uh, those two for sure stick out. I think one of my favorite shows ever. I didn't necessarily have my favorite role in this show, but mm. it is my favorite. One of my favorite shows for sure is um, Sideshow. Oh, okay. I it, think I've heard of that. It's like the Daisy and Violet Hilton sisters. They were mm. joined at the hip. And uh, they performed in freak shows and stuff right. like that, and then they got very famous in vaudeville. And um, mm-hmm. it's a very, very sad but touching mm-hmm. show about you know loving who you are no matter what.
1: I think I've seen the soundtrack somewhere before. I think I've been going through like trying just to find a new soundtrack to listen to a... it.
0: It didn't do well yeah. on Broadway when it first came out, and then it was revised. I want to say in 2014, and they wrote a few new songs and took a few old ones out. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw that version of the play, but I. Um, <laughs> It did much better. It that did time a lot around, that. Yeah, that's
1: good. That's awesome. Um, so you, you, did you do anything else outside of theater while you were in school? Like any kind of other ex- extracurricular activities?
0: I was on varsity badminton.
1: <laughs> Watch out, everybody!
0: Um, for two months, and then I joined the improv team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, what was there? Is there anything that you learned or, or took from being on the Batman team? Ba, bat, that's such a hard word to say, badminton team, that you maybe took and used or have as a person or in theater,
0: maybe? Uh, no, no? Right. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the same thing like with volleyball. I played volleyball too, mm-hmm. um, while I was in middle school, and um no that was just just a sport really mm-hmm. like it, it didn't really
1: it didn't have take it, it was take a any different connection.
0: and you don't you know why cuz it was a different group of people mm-hmm. you had the sports kids and you had the theater kids and so i just kind of made my decision to go be with the theater kids <laughs> and so i i was also in jazz choir and i was in concert choir mm-hmm. and then the improv team like i mentioned and then the shows no, so that absolutely. was that was like my extent of extracurricular activity. I uh,
1: too dabbled in the jazz choir as well nice. back in the day. It's uh, fun. It was. Oh my God. It was so much fun. How many people
0: it. were in your...
1: We only had, I think like... Oh, Twelve maybe we yeah, didn't we have Yeah, we had twelve that. too. Yeah, exactly we had a very right. minimal amount. I
0: think nine at one point. I think point, we had but... five
1: guys and five girls, like five, no, six guys and six girls. I right. think. Yeah, is what we had. Yeah. But it was yeah, it was a blast. We uh, that was one of my favorite memories from high school.
0: What was your jazz band? I'm mean, like, I'm being such oh a nerd right now. We were called Kind of Blue.
1: Kind of. I don't. I don't even remember what our name was. It wasn't memorable. <laughs> I don't think it was like it was some like you know, Living in the Stars or something like that. I, it wasn't Here
0: Comes Trouble, was it? No, 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 no. It was not Here Comes <laughs> Trouble. It,
1: it's nothing but the bass. No, I, I have no clue what it was called. It was we were good though. We had fun with it. Uh, so you moved to LA after to moved here for school, right? Is that that's what you? No, no I'm so sorry.
0: I yeah, to my parents' dismay, <laughs> I didn't really want to go to a four-year college mm-hmm. because I knew I wanted to perform, and I just didn't think that like I really knew if there was something I wanted to get a degree in, what it was going to be, and right. I knew that I could just take acting classes. Um, If I wanted that Mm -hmm. and so I didn't really like define um, a school path for myself and um, So I what, okay, so here's the thing. I did go to community college mm-hmm. to continue getting my GE's done because mm-hmm. I knew that at some point, if I did want to get my degree, I at least got those two years of right. prerequisites out of the way. Absolutely. Um. So, and that was what my mom told me to do. She's like, "Trust me, that'll be good for you." And I honestly recommend so many more kids do that. Mm-hmm. You save so much more money on your two years of college going to a JC than. You know, still trying to figure out what you want to do at a four-year while you're paying, you know, thousands of dollars right. just taking your GES that you can take at a JC.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and then when you finally know what you want to do, you can always transfer. And then I, I never took my ACTs, <laughs> never or SATs. Sorry, and oh yeah, ACTs and SATs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never took them um, because you don't have to when you transfer in as a junior. Right. Right. So tidbit, if you don't feel like going to school, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um,
0: but I mean, I, I was very confident um, and in knowing that I wanted to be an actress, but when that started to shift, I knew that I did want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to do that because I had gotten my GEs taken care yeah.
1: of. So you moved here before you went to more into the I school. I spent, apparently. I
0: spent a year going to school mm-hmm. in San Jose. Okay. I went to West Valley college. Gotcha. Um, in Saratoga, it's mm-hmm. right by my dad's house. Um, and I was there for a year, worked, saved my money, mm-hmm. and then moved to Los Angeles. And I was interning, got into casting, um, and then and then I decided I wanted to go to school.
1: So between the time the decision to move to LA and the the actual move, what was the time frame that you had to prepare uh, between going? I'm moving to LA, and then it's quick. I'm in LA. That was a car, by the way. If nobody great, that, I got up. <laughs> that was great.
0: <laughs> um, I just knew that I needed someone to move down to L.A. with.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So I I met my friend uh, out of the blue, really. Um, And she and I decided to move down together. She was planning to attend Cal State Northridge. Mm -hmm. And we moved to North Hollywood. We got a two-bedroom apartment. We had a little help from our parents at the time. Um, My dad kind of gave me, like, you have a year. (laughs) And then you're on your (laughs) own, kid." That's it. But it was... I was very lucky and fortunate in that my dad helped me for that year so that I could figure out what my next move was going to be. So I took that time to take classes and uh, did an internship, a couple of internships. One was with a talent management company, and then I was with Brad Gilmore, casting director, and then I was with Mark Sachs, um, casting director, who's now in New York. Um, so I – and and really within that first – year or two is when I realized I didn't want to act anymore. Right. Um, and, but I missed theater and so that was when I joined Los Angeles Valley College finishing mm-hmm. my GEs and then I kind of used that as an outlet for theater so that I could still be performing and then I started directing plays there too mm-hmm. and I was realizing how much I liked directing um, and then uh, at, by the end of it I, I wound up at CSUN, Cal mm-hmm. State Northridge as well. Um, but that was not your question. Your question was moving there, right?
1: <laughs> my, yeah. My question was between the time that you decided to move and the time that you did move. Um, I, I guess I was leading to my, a question of how did you prepare? That's what I was. That's why oh, I was okay. asking what the time frame was. That's a great. That's a, that, I yeah. can
0: answer that. So scratch that. All that crap that I just said. Um, <laughs> no, this is gold. <laughs> um, okay, so let me let me kind of like rephrase that. So I i randomly met my girlfriend kelly breslin Mm -hmm. um and we both wanted to move to los angeles we both knew that we both um had been preparing to move and saving our own money we had to kind of do like a location scout. So mm-hmm. we both went down with our parents. We were very fortunate to have our parents on our sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and we scouted a few different apartment places mm-hmm. in like what we thought was the most central location. So we looked in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So you go five minutes that way, you got Studio City. You go five minutes that way, you've got Burbank. Ten mm-hmm. minutes that way, you're in Hollywood. So North, North Hollywood was cheap enough and it was pretty central. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still live there now. I've been around the block. I've been to Burbank and Northridge and stuff, but um, I I love North Hollywood. I really do. It's great.
1: Me too. <laughs> I don't live there. Um,
0: <laughs> but, but, I mean, I will be honest in saying that the money that I saved mm-hmm. went out the drain mm-hmm. in like five months. Mm-hmm. Five months it was gone. Yeah you're spending as an actress you're spending money on headshots and classes and things that you think you need mm-hmm. and people are scamming you and um you learn shit, stuff the hard way
2: mm-hmm.
0: so um that definitely happened in my first year where I was like well god now I need now I need a job <laughs> um and I was working for Starbucks I worked at Starbucks for two and a half years um and uh yeah I'd be like my story is a long one. Like I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, geez.
1: <laughs> so ten you're, years. <laughs>
0: you're, you're, you're you're our
1: second guest to uh, work at Starbucks that we know of mm-hmm. when, when they moved here. Uh-huh. Um, I still
0: have nightmares about that place.
1: So so you moved here with Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel that helped you uh, moving here, having someone with you compared to if you would have done it by yourself?
0: It was nice because you just have a companion. Mm-hmm. You have someone who's holding you accountable. You have someone who is uh, there doing the same thing you are, and you can talk to them about it. Um, see how they're going about it. How are mm. you going about it? How can you help them? How can they help you? Actually, Kelly and I did a, it was a silly short film. Very silly. We were vampire sisters.
1: <laughs> and of course was, you were. <laughs>
0: and that was our first Project that we ever did, and we auditioned together, and then we both got cast together.
1: Right. Oh, so you you guys didn't make this. You, no. Oh, so you, okay. I was no, thinking we you were guys acting. were bored one day just sitting in your know, living room. No. It's like, you know what? No, Let's we, make we, a we were... vampire sister movie. And you're no. like, that sounds like a great idea.
0: No. <laughs> it was not a great idea. <laughs> but, but we were in it, and then that was nice. Like, that was cool that, like, we'll always share that, right? Mm-hmm. And laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Fond memories. So. That, like, starting out, you know, you do what you can, and mm-hmm. it is nice to have someone who's there with you. Um, however, after a year, Kelly actually ended up moving back to San Jose to, kind of to regroup. Mm. Um, she was going through some some health issues, mm-hmm. and so she uh, went home to mm-hmm. just get better. And um, good thing she did. She moved back. I want to say, like, two years later, and now she works at the WB on Supernatural.
2: Oh, wow. So,
0: like, that regroup really helped her, you know? she love that she met, She also met the love of her life and got married to him, too, so... Gins and Ackles? <laughs> so, moving... Just another thing, too, is, like, moving to L.A. and figuring out what's working and not working, and then taking a moment to regroup if you have to move home for a little while is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people who feel like they're failures, and it's like, no.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, it's never too late to start over, mm-hmm. you know, and... and Assess what was good about that first move and what you can do better next time.
1: Absolutely, I think it's all to me. It's always about planning and having goals. Mm -hmm. And if you go, you know what, it's not working right now, but I'll be back in two years. Like you kind of set yourself a time, a time frame. Oh, see, yourself, okay. I see, I
0: disagree with you. Really? A little bit. And here's why. I don't like time frames mm-hmm. because then you get in this mind of comparing yourself to other people. Oh, well, by the time I'm 25, I need to be here. By the mm-hmm. time I'm 26, I need to be here. Um, and I think that that um, isn't healthy for you.
1: Well, not not. I'm not saying, like, by the time, you know, in two years, I need to be a famous actor or I need to have done 12 movies. I mean more in a general sense of, like, you know, I moved here with a sense of I'm going to give myself five years. In in let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm shaking You're my your hand. Head. Shaking <laughs> your hand. Five years to have some kind of advancement. I'm not. It doesn't mean I'm going to completely stop if I that doesn't happen. But it just means my main sh- focus is going to be a little different because I know I have a family to take care of. I have things I have to do. You know what I mean? But one you know. every
0: day you're here in LA mm-hmm. longer pursuing your goal, that's mm-hmm. one day more that you're closer to your goal. Right, so I absolutely. don't. I would. The only reason I'm, the only reason why I'm disagreeing with you, with mm-hmm. all respect, mm-hmm. is that I just feel like everyone's got their own path. I mean, you look at these actors and famous people who mm-hmm. have who have made it. They're all different ages and shapes right. and sizes, and you're like, well. You know, this person's beautiful. Well, this person's like not your typical beautiful. And look, they're making it and they're doing really great. And it took her, you know, or him this amount of time. And it Mm. took this person that amount of time. Eva Longoria didn't have her first big break until she was 35, I think they say.
1: Absolutely. And and that's why I'm saying a a general advancement. I'm not saying I'm riding on a staff for the supernatural. I am saying... It, by that time, I am a PA, writer's PA, or an assistant. I am somewhere more than where I am now. Yes, and Just I'm not, because, I'm not you know saying I mean, like putting that trying.
0: sort of like I do. I will agree with deadlines. Like mm-hmm. deadlines are great when you've got a project you're working on and you mm-hmm. have a deadline. Then it, it definitely gets you with the wheels turning and the mm-hmm. ball rolling, um, and that's good. And that that kind of pressure, I guess, is is good to have in some capacity, mm-hmm. but. Um, defining who you are by that time frame, I don't think you should do. Because right. I, th- I just think it's only going to make you... <sighs> There's people who hate themselves because they're mm. a certain age and not where they want to be yet. Mm. Or, um, you know, like mm. when you say like, I'm going to give myself five years to right. be at this point or something or... Mm. And yes, general advancement is good. That's all I'm
1: saying. I'm not saying a specific thing. I'm just saying I feel like my space has advanced in some form or fashion. I mean,
0: I have a really Mm
2: -hmm.
0: non-traditional path. Mm -hmm. It took me nine years. Mm -hmm. Not even. Um, Yeah, like nine years. Because I I graduated CSUN in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I started, I graduated high school. I'm telling everyone how old I am. Um, I graduated high school in 2006. Right. So nine years to graduate. Right. You know, and in that time I was like figuring stuff out. I was doing the school of hard knocks and I was also taking classes and I was also trying this and dabbling in that and figuring out if I wanted to be a casting director mm-hmm. and then figuring out if I wanted to be a filmmaker mm-hmm. and um and even still I'm like, "Hey, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. This doesn't this doesn't really fit me so much and mm-hmm. I'm good at that, but it's not my passion," you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many things that you're constantly figuring out about Mm -hmm. yourself I think for those who are like nope this is my niche this is what I'm good at Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) like I applaud you because not a lot of people really come to that so Mm -hmm. quickly if you're 18 graduating high school and you're like pick a degree (laughs) and they you know and you actually finish that and follow through and that's your job and you're still happy and passionate about the same thing I feel like that's a rarity right So, and if you are, great. Like, you've got it figured out. Good for you. (laughs) But there's a lot of people who put too much pressure on themselves to compete or compare themselves to other people. And so, like, that's why, that's the only reason why I say don't give yourself a timeline. You are where you are for a reason. Right.
1: First impressions of L.A. What was your first impressions of Los Angeles when you moved here?
0: Such a a difference in people. Because when I was living in San Jose... I just felt like everyone was kind of complacent. Mm-hmm. And when I moved here, almost everyone I talked to had a dream, had a goal, had a talent and loved talking about it and loved trying to meet new people to collaborate and and that's a really nice feeling when you're an artist that you have similar minded people to mm-hmm. do that with. Um so when I started working at Starbucks, <laughs> All all the people I met were like someone who was writing a screenplay, someone who was having a meeting with a director, actor. Like my coworkers were all actors who needed their shifts covered, and like, oh, I'm a dancer, I've got an audition, you know, all this stuff. So, I mean, everybody has a skill and a talent, and they have ambition, and it's nice to see that. Um, When I was living in San Jose, there's people like that, but more people are just kind of okay with settling, I, I think, into just like a normal job or whatever. And it just wasn't the environment for me.
1: I get you. I get you on that. Um, what, I, I mean, obviously you kind of mentioned like the differences between San Jose. People are a little more relaxed in here. Or not relaxed, but a little more in their own kind of wavering zone where here people are all over the, like doing stuff and getting things done and writing and things like that. Uh, what were the first steps you took for... Uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit already for you know acting and, and doing the stuff that you want to do, creating. I know you mentioned like taking classes and things like that. Where did you take classes at?
0: For acting, oh, this is so long ago. Um, I took improv at the John Ruskin Academy in Santa Monica with Kelly. We took those classes together. And I really liked that form of improv because it was not the way we did improv in high school where everyone's trying to like step on your toes and be funny. It was more just simply about reacting mm-hmm. to a situation that's odd.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and in that, it's funny. Right. So I really liked that class and my teacher's name was John and I can't remember his name. It wasn't John Ruskin, but it was another <laughs> John. I
1: was like, didn't you just say it?
0: Colella? Ka- Ka- Colella? I think John Colella. Okay. It was his name. Loved okay. him. He was a phenom- he was an, an actor himself and very inspiring guy. Um yeah, so I took classes there. Mm-hmm. Um I took classes with Carol the late Carolyn Barry. Mm. I heard I heard from a friend that she passed away like mm. maybe a year or so ago and that was really sad because she's the lady who suggested casting for me. Mm-hmm. Um and so I really owe a lot to that lady. Absolutely. Um she's a great teacher. She was a commercial acting teacher mm. and um she really hit you in in the hot spot <laughs> like really just like calling you out on your stuff and uh, um, so, so I, I liked her she's
1: kind of brutally critically honest with things that she. yeah
0: and it hurt a little bit but in a good <laughs> way um because then you were better <laughs> you know mm-hmm. for you're better for it mm-hmm. um and yeah she like taught out of her house and she had a really nice house like on uh, in the canyon mm. so yeah she's she's great um and I think I think those I took a couple of other improv classes here and there mm-hmm. um, that I didn't really connect with. But John Ruskin was great, and mm-hmm. then Carolyn Barry, and then um, LABC. Okay. Uh, I took classes there. Oh nice. And then started doing shows there.
2: Okay.
1: Um, did you do any kind of uh, ways to network? Uh, When you came here did you find any the better any good ways to kind of get to know other people get to know Other actors start maybe connecting with other people.
0: Here's why I stopped networking. Oh, okay um because people suck They heard it
1: here first folks.
0: Oh my god. I just I got really tired of everyone making fake commitments Mm -hmm. And saying oh, yeah, let's meet for coffee or oh, yeah, I'll call you. Here's my card and like and everyone's got an agenda and everyone thinks like, how can you help me? And it's selfish. It's not like a team thing or a collaborating thing. So you meet some gems here and there. And there are people who have successful networking um, events and situations. But I, I will say any event that I went to where I met someone and I even like really connected that person, I never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Never. So I just don't like it. I much rather and, and really like got this from filmmaking Mm -hmm. school and um, also just being on set. Those are the people that I see frequently because they're like, I like working with you, I'm gonna work with you again. It's not like I like chatting with you at this random event where Mm -hmm. you could just be talking out of your butt. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, I actually physically see you doing your job well Mm -hmm. and I like you and you are someone I want to surround myself with.
2: Mm -hmm. And so you
0: get the next job and you get the next job because you meet people while you're working. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a way better way to network Mm -hmm. than than like going to these events and just like, I mean, it's a great way to like Mm -hmm. build up your confidence and go meet people randomly, but commitments like my experience mm-hmm. has been poor so mm-hmm. like i just i don't i don't prefer doing right. that
1: no absolutely it's, it's great to get that opinion that that, that perception of it that's and, great
0: and there's also the question of like oh should i go to film school should i or should i just like go work and i my answer to that is both because if you go to film school there's your network mm-hmm. those are the kids that you work with in, in class mm-hmm. in on projects those are the people who are going to work with you for free while you're still building your portfolio. And then mm. they meet people and you meet people and then you all kind of come together and then it's a small world when you're like on some random set and you go, <laughs> oh, you know so-and-so from school? That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that that has been the best way um, I feel because film school is great. You learn technique and blah, blah, blah. But there's so only so much you can learn in a classroom. No, absolutely. But what is great about going to school is you have a, a set of people that you grew with mm-hmm. and and have that like bond with. And
1: you see their beginnings of their talents. Mm-hmm.
0: Also. And you and you do. You sort of learn like, oh I want to work with you and I really? don't really want to work I with like you. I like Dave,
1: but Josh is a little woo. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you so you learn you learn like, oh well this person's got a style and that's cool, but it's not mine. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you just and you kind of it's nice. It's nice to just kind of like have that opportunity right um and then once you start working working and and getting more independent and going on sets and meeting new people again like that i feel has been the mm-hmm. best way to network
1: that's the more set kind of networking way
0: and then you're meeting them without pretenses mm-hmm. you're meeting them just on set and mm-hmm. then you just start talking to people and it's like a friendship instead of like what can i get from you and what can you get from me no,
1: absolutely you know so yeah. i feel
0: like it's just a little bit more genuine
1: well you mean on a a a same level because it's in a work a business uh, environment I think whereas if you work you meet at like a networking party it's whatever level they feel they're on if that makes sense does that make, if Sure. I, yeah, you know what I mean like if you meet somebody who pontificates about all the things they've done and they're doing and they're like well, we should get together sometime for coffee but then when you meet somebody who's in working they're not they're already in this mode of doing what needs to be done they're not in this I've got to put on some sort of charade of who I am mm-hmm. and what I'm doing it's more of a just common it's just genuine genuine
0: yeah. I just feel like it's a way more genuine connection mm-hmm. and like you're working with that person and you you decide if you like them or you don't right. and um if you do you've got a new friend who maybe knows some other people who will mm-hmm. bring you on to another project or you can. One of the things I love about being a producer is hiring my friends because I like working with them. What? And so, yeah, so it's great like when you get to hire your own crew and it's the people that you know you can rely on and trust and your whole crew is awesome, you know.
1: <laughs> that is a good feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you what you came here kind of initially for acting, correct? Is that or That was the initial that goal. That was the okay. um, I just want to make sure you ha- you didn't change your mind before you came here. No. Um, so what was the what were some of the first uh auditions you went to the first experiences going to auditions and kind of any first roles that you you got when you were here initially
0: i'm unimpressive like Mm -hmm. i'll just say that right now um Mm -hmm. it was a lot of non-union sorry but stupid projects i would shoot them i wouldn't get my footage um or if i did get my footage it was crap Mm -hmm. um so and actually okay this is kind of funny um I had four sh- sh- like roles in a nice. row where my character died. Nice. I was a mermaid mm. and got harpooned through the chest. <laughs> I was in a cult and got shot by a SWAT member. <laughs> I was in a like murder mystery movie or something, like ser- some serial killer movie, and so I was strangled to mm. death. Of course. As an extra. Most of these I was an extra, except the mermaid one. Which I have not seen ever oh, uh, since doing it. You haven't seen yourself harpooned. I have harpooned? pictures from the shoot. I have oh. not seen myself get harpooned through, a chest, through the chest. No, it was interesting. We shot in a pool and we had like a legit fin. It was very cool. Yeah. yeah. And like the guys were awesome, but I ever since I tried to get in touch with them to see it. It's like their emails were disconnected or something. <laughs> I'm like, dang, man. Do,
1: do. The email you've tried to reach is an unservice. service.
0: Yeah, it was a bummer. Um, I can't remember the fourth one, but I know there were four of them. Anyway, I, so that that's my... Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I was
1: really hoping after the first one, after the mermaid being harpooned, you got. I was a cult member. I got harpooned in that one. And then <laughs> I was. I, I was, was harpooned
0: a, in the in the serial. I, I, I was a serial killer. <laughs> movie. I
1: was harpooned in that. I really something about harpoons in me just attract.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. So they were small, small scale stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, never really had like a big role where I got to play a character that I was really interested in, in um, pursuing. The only roles that I was excited about were the ones where I was still performing in theater at LABC. Mm-hmm. I was in. Uh, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee nice. and I played I played of Ostrovsky mm. that has probably been my favorite role to date mm. um, so those ones I was like way more passionate about because I was also singing and right. being free on stage but film, film acting never really worked out for me mm-hmm. um, but uh, I did take classes um, it also was like a huge class just like figurative class in being in casting Mm -hmm. Um, learning what not to do and how to be not just a good actor, but a professional actor, Mm -hmm. like what to do and say when you come in the room, what, what are the right questions to ask and, um, uh, just understanding etiquette. Right. Uh, so also as like a filmmaker, I learned a lot about that too. And like what, makes you an annoying actor versus an actor people actually want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like it when you're a diva, so stop no, it. <laughs> no, they don't, that's
1: not, that's not attractive stop to people. Stop being
0: full of yourself, because no one likes that. <laughs> I know confidence is one thing, but Jesus. So yeah, I mean, being in casting and also now being a filmmaker, I feel like if I went back into acting, I would knock it out of the park. Because I just know what not
1: to do. Right. You know what they're looking for and kind of what, is, what they want. Whatever.
0: I would love to give it a chance again and like see myself do better now that I know.
1: Right. Well, you went behind the red velvet rope and learned what they want. It's kind of like, so you're able, it's like knowing the guy you like, everything he loves so you can just get into his heart.
0: Well, and what's interesting about it too is that everybody is different. Mm -hmm. Every casting director has their own set of pet peeves and every film director or crew, like, Mm -hmm. you know, has their own set of pet peeves too. But there is like a general consensus of like, hey, don't be a jerk, (laughs) you know? And like, don't come in there unprepared and like not knowing how to do your job.
1: Right. It is your job. Like, it is your you're, job. You're but that's the thing is like, it's
0: not just building your craft. It's a job. It's work. Mm-hmm. And it's fun work if mm-hmm. you're good at it and you're booking. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I just think, I think there's definitely, there's seasoned actors that I knew that would come in to audition and make amateur mistakes just because they were not focused on the fact that it is actually a job interview when you go in to audition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but you'd be surprised how many people go into job interviews <laughs> And it's like, what are you doing? Go, just leave. Yeah. Just sandals and shorts, just leave.
0: I'll say something really great about CSUN, too. I worked in their career center as a videographer, but Mm -hmm. also in working in that environment, you learn about um, how to build your resume and how to conduct interviews as well as, you know, be the interviewee. And Mm so um, I really commend CSUN for having that department because it's a really great resource for people who are leaving school and going into the world and knowing how to present themselves professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every school should have something like that.
1: I totally agree. Um, So let's go into casting a little bit. Okay. Being a casting director. This is the subject
0: I prefer talking about. (laughs) My acting, not so much. (laughs) We'll
1: move away from harpooning mermaids (laughs) into picking who gets harpooned. Thank you. Um, So what were your first jobs behind the desk uh, doing the
0: casting? So I was an intern first with Brad Gilmore. Um... Uh, Brad Gilmore casting, he's like an independent uh, feature mm-hmm. casting director. I'm not sure what he's doing now. This was like 2008, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> this was like <laughs> so long ago, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brad Gilmore, I was working with him. And then I shared an office with Peter Matias, who is Hungarian and I'm Hungarian. And mm-hmm. so we had a blast like hanging out <laughs> next to each other. Nice. And he was the associate for Michael Donovan. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, while I was working for Brad Gilmore, then I was also kind of helping with Michael Donovan, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two men and Peter, all three of them, were like the nicest people. I like I couldn't believe it because right. I had just come from talent management and they were the
2: worst people
0: <laughs> in the world. Yeah. I was like, is this just what LA is? God. Because um, I had started working in talent management right away when I moved in 2007. So that yeah. was my first internship ever. Mm-hmm. I will be kind and not reveal the names mm-hmm. of these people. But oh my it's God. It's for the best. Yeah, no, I had a horrible experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Wait, can can you give some examples just real quick of like what it was that caused you to have a bad experience? Not to be for the talent you know, management. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't just so anybody maybe that is oh, thinking about starting en- a talent management company knows not to do this.
0: The okay, so the environment you should. I mean, this is just a given. It's a stressful environment. Casting, you're on the buying side, and on, on talent management and, and agencies, you're on the selling side. Mm-hmm. Your job never ends because if you've got a a list of people um, that you're trying to book so that you can make money. You're constantly hustling to get them, you know, auditions and do well. Mm-hmm. And so they, and you want them to book so that they get you money. And oh, I just, I could just go on forever. I really could. Because there's so much, like, actors don't understand about agencies. They put them on such a pedestal. And I just want to throw up on all of them. Like, I really do. I think they're such a-holes. Mm-hmm. There are some nice people. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, even when I was in casting and talking to people on the phone, they're just full of crap. And it's like, and all they're doing is trying to pitch you and sell you. And like, oh, I got this great, that's just fake, 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 fake. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hated that environment just because I felt like everyone was, again, like this, just this, this selfish, like Mm -hmm. I'm out to help myself. And the only reason I'm helping you is so that I can make money. You know, and you think like as an actor, you're going in for an agent and then they care about you, but they only care about money. Mm -hmm. All they care about is money. Mm -hmm. And if they actually do care about you as a human being, cool, you found a winner. Mm -hmm. But they are too busy to Mm -hmm. like get into your personal life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about money. It's all about how can we market you better? How can we make your life easier? And they make it, they twist it and they make it sound like, you know, oh, we're here for you to help you in your career, but it's because they want you to make money mm-hmm. so that, that you make them money. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's all. Oh, <laughs> God. It's just exhausting to talk about. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I did not like that environment. Also, mm. they were just jerks. They yelled they for at uh, th- things that, like, simple mistakes. Mm-hmm. I was an intern, you know. And, like, phones. If you're an intern, everyone's got a different phone system. Mm-hmm. And they expect you to figure it out. And, like, I mean, it's just sometimes it's difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're just like i don't know how to transfer you to your cell phone like and then and then also add another caller and then hang you up and then add someone else in it's like it's it's a little complex and it's like is this really teaching me anything like you're an intern and you're like wow i know how to use the phone now great Mm -hmm. i'm so glad i have that skill set (laughs) congratulations so yeah i mean i just the phones were always a nightmare um Mm -hmm. But that was my first internship, right? Um, and they were just rude. They were just mean. They were mm-hmm. rude. I remember. I'll never forget this. It was my birthday, and I brought in cupcakes that I made. No, I didn't go to the store. I mm-hmm. bought. I made them, mm-hmm. and I brought them in for the office. Mm-hmm. And some client came in. It happened to be her birthday too. And the manager came out, took my cupcakes, and gave them to her. Said, "I made these for you for your birthday."
1: wow, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Deuces. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No, but, and, and think too, like, I'm I'm 18, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going, this is Los Angeles. I've just got to keep my mouth shut, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, as much as I was like, you're kidding me, mm-hmm. I was like, I guess this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So then, when I went into casting, I was taking acting classes with Carolyn Barry, Barry mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, no, you got to go do casting. It's mm-hmm. a way better way, because then you're behind table mm-hmm. and you're seeing actors come in mm-hmm. and you're seeing what they're doing mm-hmm. and then you can gain information from that and mm-hmm. I was like brilliant mm-hmm. so then I interned with Brad Gilmore and Michael Donovan the nicest people <laughs> ever to exist and um, and my experience was great and mm-hmm. then I really enjoyed casting right and it wasn't until I started working with Mark Sachs um, and this is what happened and I won't I won't reveal this actor's name but he was a client of ours when I was back in the management office mm-hmm. he was a client And he came in to audition for Mark Sachs. Mm -hmm. This person is a really actually well-known actor, has been in a a bunch of, like, guest star roles, Mm -hmm. um, has been an actor since he was a kid.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And he was coming in and auditioning for Mark Sachs for this, like, small guest star role. And that was when I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you're a professional actor and you're still auditioning for roles that are, like, Mm itty-bitty. For maybe like a thousand bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And to some people, you're like, "That's a lot of money." It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't last. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? And then you have to go book the other one, the mm-hmm. next one, and it's only maybe five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Or a th- I mean, you're. Con- I mean, it's not enough. Right. So that was kind of what made me realize when I was working with Mark Sachs that mm-hmm. like I didn't want to be an actress anymore. Right. Officially. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he killed the dream or anything. It was just this realization that this was not for me. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to be constantly auditioning for guest star roles. No, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so, uh, but then, you know, casting, um, that was still internships for me. And I was uh, assisting, I was basically an assistant, Mm -hmm. but, like, I was an intern. Right. Um, And uh, that was when I decided I wanted to go back to school because if I wanted, you know, this, this did take its toll. I was applying for jobs and I didn't have a degree mm-hmm. and people wouldn't look at my resume. Yeah. So this, by the way, this was like 2009 at mm-hmm. this point. And so I was like, all right, well, I, I got to go back to school then because I, I do now have a better idea of what I want. Mm-hmm. And um, having taken my GEs at LAVC and like keeping that up, um, I did start going to the Art Institute, mm-hmm. which I'm embarrassed to say, <laughs> I will admit, because um, that school is a scam. I am in debt because of that. Mm. Um, not as much. I've been paying it off. Mm-hmm. So it's not as scary. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't finish that school mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be hundred grand in debt yeah. by the time that I graduated.
2: Absolutely.
0: The good things about that school, the teachers, all of them are pretty professional and like know what they're talking about. And I actually am still friends with one of my professors from that school. That mm. I, I was at that school from October 2009 to spring 2011. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. And a big reason why I left that school is because my peers Mm -hmm. were not challenging me. You know how they say, if you're playing a sport and you want to be better, you play with people who are better than you so that you get better? Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's like how I felt. I felt like I wasn't getting any stronger in my skill set. Everyone was out for themselves. Like Everyone was wearing multiple hats, like doing their own projects, and no one would really help on other projects. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not filmmaking. Mm -hmm. filmmaking is uh, totally a teamwork you Mm -hmm. can't you can't do it by yourself you can do it by yourself but it's more fun when you have people who are bringing new ideas to the table and making it even better right in my
2: opinion right
0: um and so i transferred to csun Mm. and then that is where i really grew and found my niche right and was like wow i found it i'm Mm -hmm. so happy this is what i'm good at this is where I thrive. This is where I feel like the stress is the good kind of stress, <laughs> and I want it, and I, I want to live in it. And mm-hmm. um, I, I was so, so happy. And right. CSUN has its pros and cons too, but um, that is where I really felt like I started to thrive. And that mm-hmm. w- I didn't start going to school at CSUN until 2013. Oh, wow. So from 2007 to 2013, mm-hmm. I finally figured out... <laughs> what I wanted hey. to do and what felt good and didn't feel um, forced or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, too hard. It right. was hard work, but it was work that I liked and I was good at. Right, and right. so that, that felt amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's
1: fantastic. Um, with the casting directing, or the casting, um, what were some of the first things I guess you learned um, when you were interning or working for all the people that you could have worked with? Wait, I thought you already knew the phones.
0: Uh, Making lists, uh, calling agencies, Mm. uh, creating sides, and Mm -hmm. reading scripts. I read a lot of scripts while I was with Brad. Mm -hmm. Um, And running a session, running camera, um, and watching actors audition, and learning how to properly slate, and learning the right questions to ask, and... Um, running the room outside even like while they're waiting and mm-hmm. making sure they sign in properly and have the correct sides and if they have any questions you know to answer them mm-hmm. about the about the project right um so yeah a lot
1: yeah did you, you know uh obviously what are some of the when you go to, to uh running a session what are some of the kind of do's and don'ts of running a session like what where do, do eight, i start what, what are some <laughs> things you suggest at least
0: for the actors
1: no for like for the, if someone wants to kind of run their own casting and, and do their that kind of thing you know what are It's some always things nice to know? have a helping hand yeah. I mean
0: I've run sessions myself um, when I'm casting but it's always nice to have someone there to help like run camera mm-hmm. um, and just have a, an extra hand it's nice um, an extra person there to read with the actors so that you can focus on watching their performance yeah mm-hmm. um, uh, I typically use Hollywood Casting in film. Um, it's uh, there's there's Cast, but I don't like that place. Sorry, uh, you don't have to put that in there if that's like a bad thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I like Hollywood Casting Film. Sunny is an amazing guy. He's a good friend, and um, and I like it because it's free. Mm. If you invite like five actors per hour that you are uh, requesting your session time, then they'll let you use the space, and then those actors can come in and audition. I mean you should know like I am non-union like everything I do is Mm -hmm. non-union I've done I've done some SAG projects and whatnot but like everything that's mine has been Mm non-union and so finding ways to still be able to do what you want to do when you don't have the budget is nice Mm -hmm. Um, and so Hollywood casting and film is a good resource um, for casting or holding meetings or whatever Um, I like that place a lot um, and they have like a, like a digital sign-in, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, like, I think I've seen that one, They yeah. have these like iPads and you can sign in with your name and then it hooks up to the computer that you have in the room mm-hmm. and you know when someone has signed in so you can go get them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they have like a really cool system going. Um, I use that place a lot. It's actually really sad how many projects I have. It's not sad. <laughs> I have a lot of projects on my account with, nice. with them. Um, and... Yeah, I mean that's really just it. Like have have a helping hand, mm-hmm. someone who can read, someone who can run camera, someone who can help maybe going to get the talent so you can stay seated. Mm-hmm. I like getting up though because you know you're not sitting all day. Oh yeah,
1: that way you get, get, stretch your legs a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I mean yeah, it's I mean if you're talking about like going through submissions mm-hmm. and doing that whole process and figuring out the sides, that's a little bit more time. Well, no, absolutely. Work a bit more
1: like in the room. Yeah, like you said, kind of like make sure you have someone there. Um, Obviously respecting the actor and their time mm-hmm. for being there as well, I'm sure mm-hmm. is one. Um, have you seen, or I, I mean, either from the actress side when you were, you know, when you did auditions, stuff like that, to maybe being a, helping out with other castings, have you seen some like people that maybe did stuff that were disrespectful to the actor that you would have suggest not to do or anything like that? You don't have to name names or anything. Just, no, of course not. Yeah. Um,
0: I really don't like it when casting directors are just rude and think mm-hmm. they're above everybody. Same thing with agents. Like, you're not above anybody. Stop. Like, we're right. all trying to work here. <laughs> like, just calm down. Right. Um. But I've worked with casting directors who are really, like, harsh on time. Like, mm. you've got to be here at this time. It's like, you realize we live in Los Angeles, right? And this person's got an audition coming from Santa Monica all the way to fucking, sorry, to Woodland Hills. <laughs> I mean, it's just not right. It's like, give like, cut them some slack. Like, this is their job. They're doing their best. They've got to memorize lines. And they, some of them have, like, three auditions in one day. That's tough.
1: And three jobs probably one Right, day. too.
0: It's like, hey, I, I have work. And it's like, I understand that you have to have a job because if you don't book this, you've got to have a job. <laughs> You know what I mean, and there's just casting directors who are like, if you're an actor, you're an actor, and blah blah blah, and like, just rude and not understanding um, that these are people. They're people. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm running a session, I'm very respectful of like, hey, let me know if you have any conflicts. This is our time frame. You know, it'd be great if you can come at the time allotted, but mm-hmm. if not, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're communicating with me. Then you respect my time as mm-hmm. well.
1: That's the big. I would say that would be the biggest thing for me. Would be communication. Like, make sure you're letting us know. Hey, when you don't hear anything, yeah, that's just just communicate.
0: Yeah. It's really the the solution to many problems in this world. <laughs> um, but the other thing I don't like is when they rush you, and they're just like, "Get, can we get this over with?" Because you're, I mean, you're reading the same lines over and over again, especially mm-hmm. with commercials. Mm-hmm. You're reading the same stuff over and over and over again. It gets it gets exhausting, mm-hmm. and so you're just kind of like. Uh, you know, conveyor Mm -hmm. belt, and it's not fair to the actor who's coming in, and this is their moment. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage actors to go in there and take their moment and be like, that's not saying take 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. but that's saying, like, don't let them rush you. Mm -hmm. And if they're being a jerk, you don't want to work with them anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's hard because you want to book a job. But, God, like, I would would much rather be non-union for the rest of my life, working with people that I adore and love and make me happy and, you know, make, make some money on the side
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that way mm-hmm. than making billions of dollars working with jerks.
1: Mm-hmm. So, no, absolutely. Well, because even then, the environment's going to be different. And you're, mm-hmm. it's going to be more stressful because jerks are going to be jerks to you and put pressure on you to be a jerk to someone else probably and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so, and yeah, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're choosing, kind of wrap this side up, when you are choosing after you've, you've done your casting and you've done your auditions... What is your process for choosing the actors for the roles?
0: Whoever's right. Mm -hmm. Like, there's people who look so right Mm -hmm. and they just didn't get the material. Or they totally got the material. They just don't look like this other actor who's supposed to be their brother. Mm -hmm. You know? And so you can't take it personally. You can't take rejection seriously. Mm -hmm. It sometimes literally has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like... Were you on time? Mm-hmm. Could you take an adjustment mm-hmm. well? Did you listen? Are you a nice person? Mm-hmm. Um, like, do I like do I want to work with you? And look, I'm, I'm getting all crazy with my hand gestures. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do I want to work with you? Because if you have a bad attitude or you're mm-hmm. stuck up, like, even if you're talented, <laughs> if you're a jerk, I don't want to work with you. So like, that's me. That's always my mentality. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be stressed out. So if I'm inviting people in to collaborate with me, I want it to be people who are gonna be chill yeah. and 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 flexible mm-hmm. and willing and committed and mm-hmm. not just there rolling their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like, then why are you here?
1: Well, like again, like you said, it poisons the well. Yes. So if you if you have someone on set like that, it it connects to everyone, and so mm-hmm. it's better because then you're gonna have you know the lighting guy come over. This guy's being the worst about his lighting or he's being the I'm worst not even about kidding. His I Craft Services. I
0: literally had to I've never done this. This was the first time I'd ever done this. Mm-hmm. I was producing a pilot and I had to fire the gaffer. Oh. I was just like he was unbelievably lazy. Mm-hmm. He made the PAs load the truck, which is not their responsibility, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I got to get up early. Can I leave?" And I was like, "I don't care what you're doing tomorrow. You're on my watch right now." Mm-hmm. Like This is not fair to your team who's waiting to go. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you need to finish your job. And I didn't invite him back to set Mm because it it was a really bad morale. And there are people who even came up to me and they were like, what's up with the gaffer? Like, what's up with this guy? God, he's a jerk. And like, this guy said this to me. And I was like, what? So, and, and again, like a lot of the PAs that I was hiring were friends of mine. And my, so my friends were the ones who were loading the truck. And I just thought that was ridiculous. Anyway, sometimes you have to make tough calls. But if it means to better the morale of the crew, mm-hmm. then you've got to do what you got to do. No.
1: For those that don't know, the gaffer is like the head electrician on a film or TV series, just for people that may not know mm-hmm. this, who that is. Um, yeah, that's it, that's the worst. It's it's being in an environment, office environment, work environment, yeah. set environment, where there's this one person that's just bringing everyone, everyone down. down. Yeah, And
0: if you're in a position where you can let that person go, mm-hmm then great. And I'm in like, and I really had to like check myself. I was like, am I sitting in a superiority spot or am I doing this for the greater good? You know? And I was like, no. And I even went to my supervisor and was like, would you support my decision in -hmm. like letting this person go? Because Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's helping anyone to keep him here. It's about like, if you're the producer and you're running the set, Mm -hmm. then that's a reflection on you.
1: Right. Right. I, I think I remember hearing a story of Bryan Cranston, who was a producer on Breaking Bad, who had the same thing. He had to fire someone because of he was very disrespectful at like a Christmas party. Um, he got really hammered and was really disrespectful to everybody. And he, he does the same. I mean, he's Bryan Cranston. He's a producer on Breaking Bad. He's the lead on Breaking Bad. And he's like, I had to go. I had people I had to go to. And talk to him like, "Hey, this is what's happening. Are you cool if I fire this guy?" Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, that's you. There's a chain you have to go up to, and mm-hmm. just let everybody know this is what's happening. And usually they'll be on your side as long as you bring a proper. Ba- ba- oh, uh, I had a list of what know?
2: that guy was doing yeah. wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway.
1: So real quick, just real. I just want to. So if you have like three people that are right for a role, for one role. Okay. And you're like, okay, these three people came in today. They're perfect. Ugh. How do you go? Okay, eeny meeny miny moe. Like it's a good you, you scenario,
0: know. but it's also like I mean, it usually when I'm when I'm casting, there's always one who stands out. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's always one who stands out. But right. if you're lucky enough to have three amazing people for one role, mm-hmm. oh, like, I mean, I guess then it would come down to more logistical stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, do we want a bigger name? Mm -hmm. Hey, do we want someone who's got a following? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, is this person close by? Is this person... You know, then you start looking more at, like, logistical stuff. Right. Um, Because sometimes you're like, you're it, so we're making it work. Mm -hmm. But if you've got options, then you just start weighing in...
1: The other things. Which,
0: again, are not personal things. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, what it is. Yeah. So... As much as I hate to say it, if you have a named actor, your your project will probably do better for distribution mm-hmm. and getting eyes to watch it. Um, it's an unfortunate truth. Right. Um, sometimes the more talented person won't get cast because they're not a name. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just depends. Kind of goes
1: down to that. Yeah. So let's go into writing. Okay. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier you've written for quite some time. Um, what is it about a writing that excites you? What is it that you love about it? Uh,
2: if you love it. Oh, <laughs> um,
0: oh, I do love it. It's, uh, it's hard, though.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean... When I'm doing the cast and reel scenes for our company, that's usually just like a page and a half, if anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting like right to the meat of the scene and like getting into the conflict um, so that you're showing the actors right in like their most heightened moment. Right. Um, so I like writing those scenes because <laughs> like I don't really need a backstory and I don't really need like a beginning or an end. I've just got the middle right here., right. Um, and so that's kind of fun because those are the scenes that are like on the edge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're comedies. Mm-hmm. So those are those are fun to write. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about like a project and, um, you know, making it perfect, it can be meticulous mm-hmm. um, and tedious because, you're always second guessing yourself. Um, and so, that aspect of it, I would say I, I don't care for. But if I've got something that's just like flowing out of me, I love it because it's just coming right out of me and it's like dialogue and it's like, I I see it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so fun is like, you're taking something that's in your brain Mm -hmm. and putting it down on paper Mm -hmm. and then, and then you get to go read actors and then you get to like hire your crew and make the movie. And you're like, Oh my God, there it is. That's my script from my brain to Mm -hmm. page to film. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting cause it's like, oh, I'm doing something about it. Mm-hmm. It's not just in my brain anymore. It's actually documented. Right. So that is exciting in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, for any writer, I think it's just getting the story you want to tell out, mm-hmm. um, and, and creating that. And it's, it's great. It's like, a, it's like sharing your, sharing a piece of your soul with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some really crazy stories out there. And I always think about the person who wrote it. Because I'm like, what did they have to go through <laughs> to come up with that? You know what I mean? Like, I really wonder sometimes. And I have a really good friend. His name is Brian Montgomery. Shout mm-hmm. out. I just actually helped him cast his short film. Um, it's called Chickens. Mm-hmm. And he's a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. He really is a good writer. And um, he's got some out there ideas. But like, mm-hmm. I know him as a person to know like, this is totally Brian's style. Mm-hmm. So, that's nice too. is like, when you know certain writers and you see, you see that, like Woody Allen. It's mm-hmm. like, you know that's a Woody Allen script no, when you're absolutely. watching it because it's totally a piece of him. Mm-hmm. He'll oh, yeah. say it isn't, but it yeah. totally well, is. Well,
1: somebody's usually playing him in some kind of <laughs> I know, some capacity, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so you have writers like that where it's very clear or, um, you know, with Aaron Sorkin, he's got a very distinct, mm-hmm. educated... Uh, type of writing mm-hmm. style, and so you n- almost know like when you hear a crazy monologue that's just so on like on point. You're yeah. like yes when you're hearing <laughs> it. You're like that's Aaron Sorkin for sure. No, you no know? T- nailed it. So, totally yeah. nailed it. Yeah, I, get it. I so that's what that's what I like. I like having a voice
2: mm-hmm.
0: for the things that I care about. I would say that as a writer, I haven't really defined a style. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still kind of you know figuring that out. I like doing comedies, and I like I, I'm I like doing um. What I'm getting into right now, the story that I'm working on currently, is based on true events, mm-hmm. um, and I I'm very inspired by those types of films like Aaron Brockovich and um, uh, Alpha Dog stuff that's happened mm-hmm. where you're like, dang, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> this was real. Yeah, and um and what's what's great about that too as a as a producer sense um it's just cool or even just as a director I guess you could say. Um, I've been interviewing the real life character mm-hmm. for the story that I'm working on, nice. and that has just been amazing. Absolutely. So you're meeting people, mm-hmm. and then creating a character around them. I mean, that that in itself is very cool. That's fantastic. So yeah, there's lots of elements about <laughs> screenwriting that, that are great. So and when encompassing.
1: when that idea comes in your head, um, monkey battles giant killer robot. Under the sea. Like, whatever. Well, let's start writing now. <laughs> Done. Um, I'll get five scripts to you Monday. Uh, five pages. Um, what is your process to get it from that, just that basic, the sentence that it is to a full-fledged, written-out script?
0: Um, I'll have to, I ha- sometimes I just go back to my high school days, and I'm like, all right, got to write an outline, then I'll write a treatment, mm-hmm. and a synopsis, and, like, make sure that I've got my outline done Mm -hmm. um sometimes i'll write scenes though like scenes will come to me and Mm -hmm. i'll write that scene out and then i'll go okay so how can i incorporate this scene into the rest of it Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of a puzzle piece sometimes and i mean everyone's writing style uh you know process is different Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't say mine is one to follow but Mm -hmm. what helps me is having some organization Um, especially, you know, for this piece, since it is a real story, there's, there is a timeline that I need to kind of follow. Right. And so finding those like big moments within the timeline and then filling in the gaps with like what Mm -hmm. happens leading up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be fun too.
1: Do you know how it's going to end before you start putting stuff together or do you let the ending kind of come as you,
0: if it's a story I'm making up, yeah. It, not always.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, sometimes it comes to me later. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I'll know the beginning and I'll know the end, but then I have to kind of figure out the middle. Right, right. Um, I did write a story um, a while ago, and i that's kind of what happened. Like mm-hmm. I knew how I wanted it to end, and I knew what was leading up to it, but mm-hmm. like that climactic moment and like getting into the ending is mm-hmm. where I kind of struggled. Right. Um. So that's happened, too. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to know where the ending is, but then sometimes you struggle getting there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so sometimes it's just nicer to, like, write it and let it flow and then go, oh, this is how it should end.
1: Right. Absolutely. Let, let the story take you to where it needs yeah. to go. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So it just depends.
1: So everybody has the uh, uh, horrible enemy of a writer, the block of a writer. Um, what do you do when you have moments when you're working on a script and you just can't, like, it's just stuck? What, what, what do you do to kind of try to get the gears going back again?
0: Well, when I think of writer's block, first of all, I think about it's not so much a block as it is like some sort something's intimidating you. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really what the source of writer's block is, is like you're afraid that it's not going to be as good as your last one or mm. you're afraid that it's going to be that or you're afraid it's going to be this. And so I think it's like an intimidation factor. Right. At least that's kind of what I've noticed with a lot of my friends who have writer's block or even myself
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like maybe I have the fear of success maybe I have the fear of, so it's I feel like it's some sort of fear right. that is blocking you mm-hmm. literally so you are your own solution right mm-hmm. so if I ever come across writer's block I just ask myself what can I do to feel excited about it mm-hmm. because it's always way more exciting to write something that you're Oh, sorry. It's way more motivating Mm -hmm. to write something you're excited about Mm -hmm. and inspired by. Right. Um, So if it's something where, like, you know, you've got to write an essay, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: ain't nobody want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's a topic that you're that you find like something interesting about it, like, how can you approach this so that you're happy with it? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the question I ask myself. How can I get into this again and feel good about it? Right. Um, That's kind of what I would do. I also love being inspired by other pieces mm-hmm. so maybe I'll watch a show that is new and kind of like um, you know take moments from there that were interesting to me and then kind of make it my own or mm-hmm. something because um, okay. you know nothing's new anymore
2: Right.
0: Um, so sometimes it's nice to just kind of see what other people have done and be inspired by that
1: right okay um, so you also have your production company Mm -hmm. that you co-founded and that you're running kind of the sister company for now Cast and Reels. Mm -hmm. Um, How did that all get started?
0: Um, My partner, Joe Ramos, and I, Mm -hmm. we were friends from CSUN. Mm -hmm. um, We started... Our company was actually called Beyond the Fence Films. Mm -hmm. And we started this company in June 2015. And it was intended to be like an all-around kind of production company. We do music videos. We do promo videos. We do commercials. We do... Um, acting reels. Mm-hmm. And the acting reels is really what kind of uh, skyrocketed. Right. Um, I had a lot of acting friends being mm-hmm. an actress and a casting director. Absolutely. And so I was like hey guys we are starting a company and doing it for real cheap right now because mm-hmm. we're you know, just starting to build our portfolio. So from June 2015 to December we had a lot of friends come through for like not a lot of money, Mm -hmm. um, and put some reels together. And then we created a website and Mm -hmm. put those pieces up on the website. We did marketing. We got new people coming in and 2016 was a really good year. Um, we were also doing commercials. We did a couple of music videos and, um, and then what we kind of realized was that we should have a focus. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, oh, sorry, I skipped. So in June, 2016, we decided to change our name. We felt like "Beyond the Fence Films" was a little too too long of a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and a cairn, it, for those who don't know, is a pile of rocks that people use on like hiking trails as like a way to guide you through your hike. Mm. Um, have you seen those like rocks that are like stacked, kind of like a pyramid? Sort mm-hmm. of. They're pretty. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's what a cairn is, mm-hmm. um, and we thought it was a little bit symbolic.
2: Mm-hmm. We're guiding people. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So. Um, That became our new company name in June two thousand sixteen. Okay. And then, so then what starts? Sorry. Then what we decided was that we should have a focus. Mm -hmm. And Joe really wanted to focus more on like commercials, Mm -hmm. and I still really felt like the acting reels was a good, you know, source of income Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of actors who need footage, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was one of them and understood that completely. Right. Um. And so that's kind of like where. Where we split off, mm-hmm. like so, Karen, so Karen Studios and Cast and Reels are like sister companies, but we have two different focuses. Right,
1: absolutely, gotcha. Okay, um, so finally, kind of with the production company, obviously it takes a lot of organization and coordinating. Uh, one to produce, you know, reels and have a full prime, full production. Uh, real quick, go over kind of what you guys offer. Uh, for Cast and Reels.
0: So for Cast and Reels, we offer consultation. That's the first step. You call mm-hmm. me and you tell me, hey, I really want to do a dramatic scene where I'm playing this character. Um, or I really want to do a comedic scene where I'm playing like Kristen Wiig from Bridesmaids or something, right? <laughs> um, or this guy I knew too also called and was like, I know magic really well and so I want to do a scene where I'm showing off my magic. You know, stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, the illusionist. So... We'll talk about like what scenes inspire you, what actors inspire you, what you think your skill set is, what you want to showcase, mm-hmm. um, and we'll you'll kind of walk me through um, your idea, and then I'll kind of come back to you with some ideas of my own, and go like, great, this is what I got from you. What do you think about this? And I will we'll have a, we'll sign a contract. You guys are ready to move forward. I want to do two scenes. Great, one's dramatic, one's comedic. Two scene package. Here's your contract. Um, once you sign a contract. Um, You submit a down payment Um, uh, So we don't ask for it all at once because we know how tricky it is to pay everything in in full Um, But that gives us the green light to start writing the scripts So um, if you come to the table with a script great if you come to the table with a cast great Otherwise, it's included we write a scene for you and we will cast a scene partner for you Hmm. Um, and then we location scout, we find the, pl- the location for where we're gonna film, we reserve equipment, we um, get any production design that might be needed and we plan the shoot. Um, and then day of production, we typically take three to four hours max for one scene. Um, so if it's two scenes, it's roughly like a six to seven hour day in two different locations um, for those scenes. Uh, if it's a location that's not available or whatever, well, we may split up the dates of shooting just pending the availability, but, um, for the most part, we try to get them done in one day for two scenes. And then, um, after that, we edit your pieces together with like a seven to 14 day turnaround, depending on how many scenes are purchased. Um, we get your second portion of payment on the day of production and then color grading and Bada bing, bada boom, you've got some real scenes. And typically takes about a month. I ask for two weeks notice to write the script and do the casting. And then we shoot after those two weeks. And then it takes like another roughly two weeks to get your scenes back. So uh-huh. it's like a month process.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, now, do you offer different packages or is it kind of like what you need and then we go through kind of the system.
0: There's like a one scene reel, mm-hmm. two scene reel, three scene reel. One person ordered five. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, so it just, it's what you need. Right. Um, we'll do it. There's some people who are like, oh, can you provide a makeup artist? And I'll say yes, but that's a day rate for them, so that's not included in the package. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, great, well, I'm going to pay for a makeup artist. Great, I'll hire that person for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, some people will request music on their stuff that's also not in the package, so they'll have to... Uh, you know, pay for whatever music we put in there from a composer or mm-hmm. from musicbed, by the way, is awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: love music bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also just yeah, so like little little things like, oh, um, I'm thinking of including this and thinking of including this might raise your price. Right. But for the most part, you get free consultation. Um, even if you decide not to work with us, right. once you sign your contract, you get a script, you get a scene partner, mm. you get a location to shoot, and you get an edit and a color grading.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and that's everything we offer. Some people will say, can you edit my three scenes that I'm purchasing together into one reel? That's a little bit of an additional charge. Right. Um, but yeah, for the most part, that's that's what we do. and That's it's, fantastic. It's great because as someone who was an actress too, I just feel like it's nice to provide them with a piece that they feel confident in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's so many actors, like I said earlier, who get their footage back and are disappointed, or it's not what they thought, and it's Mm -hmm. not really something they can use. Or they work with student filmmakers who don't know how to light, and it looks like crap. And Mm -hmm. um, There's also a lot of real companies out there, too, who will charge you an arm and a leg, and they just do your typical establishing shot, OTS, OTS, and they're done. And there's like no creativity in it at all. And it mm-hmm. looks like you paid someone to do your reel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really strive to like maintain a cinematic style. To make it
1: look like it is from a snippet a from piece. a piece, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's really important to us. That's awesome.
1: Um, what are how do you handle like the organiz, how, organizing yourself and keeping the company and all the things you're doing organized? What are some things you do to help with that?
0: So that first like couple of months in 2015 when we were building this company, that mm-hmm. was like our trial. That was like, what's working? What's not working? What should we put in our contract? What should we maybe leave out? Um, you know, how do we want to run this company? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of looked at it like mini filmmaking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a producer. I look at like what first we need a script and then we need talent and then we need a location for that. And then what does the script call for? And you just kind of go through that for each project. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, organizing all the clients, you know, I've got I've got a system going. Mm-hmm. It's my system. <laughs> it works for you. <laughs> it works for me. I mean, I've got, like, here are our clients. Here are our documents. Mm-hmm. Here are our, you know, write-offs. Because, you know, if you're a company and you have an EIN or whatever um, or a fictitious business name or whatever, you've got to, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, my God. I'm blanking. When you not apply it's not the word but like mm-hmm. when you turn in your taxes file, file your taxes <laughs> it's not the word either but anyway i'll think of it <laughs> claim to, deductions. yeah or claim claim your taxes whatever mm-hmm. um claim your okay i'm just gonna stop so i don't sound stupid. <laughs> uh anyway so yeah it's like we have like a spreadsheet where mm-hmm. we keep track of all our clients how much they paid and then mm-hmm. what was deducted that we spent from that budget and mm-hmm. stuff like that um and I keep pretty good track of that. And our taxes for 2016 were pretty organized because I kept a rap book for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Having the script, having the call sheet, who we hired for those different shoots and, and everything. So it's just, right. it's, it's really like being a producer. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's keeping track of every piece of document and, um, and just who was involved. And then if anything blows up in your face, you've got a record of it.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've been
0: lucky and that hasn't happened. (laughs) I'm sure
1: you, like you said, you employ people to help out with the the lighting and the the production side and writing the scripts and things like that. For
0: the most part, it was just me and Joe. Mm. Joe did cinematography and lighting and helped with purchasing equipment and he built the website um, and I would write the scenes and I would do the casting and I would work with the actors and Mm. then we both shared in editing and, and Joe did color grading. So. Um, we both like, I kind of did the beginning Mm -hmm. and he did the end. Um, and, uh, and so it was very shared, Mm -hmm. but it was mainly just the two of us. If we Mm -hmm. had a bigger project, um, we would hire hands if Mm -hmm. we could afford it. But the budgets, you know, we're trying to compete with, um, other prices. Mm -hmm. And so that gets tricky too. Like knowing your worth and being like, God, this, this takes a lot of our time and we don't want to be getting paid $200. Mm hmm. Each. But
1: <laughs> you're yeah. also yeah, you have to know like what service you're offering that's different than other people and the, and then knowing yourself, you're like you're not just giving them o- OTS shots and establishing it shots. It is quality you're that we offer. OTS by the way, over the shoulder. Um, but you're you're giving people this idea like it's taken from a feature mm-hmm. and so you know or a tv
0: show yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah so it's a snippet of something bigger Yeah.
1: and so letting people know that and explain like that's why we pay we, we charge this much is because you're getting something you're not getting from you know if michael had a company you just had a handheld ca- camera just shot you in a living room Ugh. you know
0: and you'd be surprised how many people do that and mm-hmm. it's like you're representing yourself right mm-hmm. like it's kind of a win-win it's like we want to show that we're good filmmakers but you also want to show that you're working as a professional actor, mm-hmm. and if you're working on these projects where you're getting hired, great. But if they look like crap, you're still not representing yourself well. Right. So that's why it's important for us to brand brand the company in that way right. that like we have we shoot cinematically and we shoot so that it looks good and not just to get you in and out.
1: So yeah, I got the chance to take a look at your website, and I have to say like. When I first, you know, most people who have their own companies, I go to their website and it's just dead. Like you can't, they, I don't know where to go. It has like one button that's like contact, Boy. but there's no info for anybody. There's like a picture, one random picture that makes no sense oh, come because on. they want to be quote-unquote artistic but yours has a lot of great information but it doesn't seem busy does that make sense
0: good yeah I tried to keep it simple um, but giving the information that's needed
1: oh nice what what uh, what site did you what did you use to create the website
0: I used Squarespace uh, (laughs) because they actually are like awesome (laughs) no
1: that's that's what our our podcast uh, website is it's Squarespace which has been quite easy to navigate we had a friend of ours it was very nice Mike Tobias uh, it was very nice to do our website for us to build it. And then it's been very easy to learn to upkeep it, you know, keep it yeah, up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it took me maybe like a couple hours to just kind of figure out how all, all the buttons work mm-hmm. and how to kind of maneuver how you want the site to be designed. Right. Um, and then once you get that down, it's pretty easy. So they make it, you know, mm-hmm. they make it so that, you know, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I love, I especially love where you have like a section how it works, where you kind of discuss how your process works for Cast and Reels and i it really flows really easily and great. It's just it's such a great just this is the beginning this is the next part this is the next part and it's not where like wait a minute what happens next like, well
0: when i give a consultation to clients who call that's usually their question is like how does this work what's your process and so um if they haven't been to the website those are the questions i'm answering anyway <laughs> so uh i figure you know might as well put it all on the website and then for whoever's like i'm just going to call you right away i'll just basically repeat what is there <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the fuck yes No, which i love that also by oh good
0: advice. yeah i was trying to be but no there's some great
1: videos in there to watch some great samples uh to see your work which it's, I mean, fantastic. Like, there's some really good stuff on there. Good. That I I'm glad you like it. I definitely think people should go to castandreels.com hey. and check out that website.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, just kind of wrap up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any... I'm, this kind of an advice portion of the podcast. Just quick. Uh, like, do you have, like, two pieces of advice you'd give to people for surviving L.A.?
0: You really have to know what you want, mm-hmm. um, and it's okay if it takes you, <laughs> pointing at myself, <laughs> nine years <laughs> to figure it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's okay, and like that's what we were talking about, like the timeline. No, absolutely. Like it's okay if mm-hmm. it takes a little bit longer, and maybe I say that because I'm justifying it for myself. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I found where I wanted to be, and that's that's the bottom line. And everything that I did leading up to that point has helped me be better at what I'm doing today.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So even if you do know exactly what you want when you're 18 and you move to Los Angeles um, to make it on your own, great. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. If that's what you want, then you do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if it's not working, then find out what does work. Right. Because there is no one way to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. I got you, okay. Um, now I have a list here based on kind of the things that you you are involved in that you do. Um, so I'm gonna when I say it, just give one piece of advice for that thing. Okay.
0: okay? Wow, this will be hard. <laughs> or, or
1: for that that career. Okay. Um, add, a different advice for actors.
0: A different advice. Yeah. Wait, just to clarify.
1: Like different, like you kind of said, not not uh, giving yourself time to find what you want. So, Don't so, rush. so Yeah, yeah. So so uh, something other than that.
0: So oh, you mean and this is still that's on, more actor specific. This is still on the lines of surviving. An no,
1: no, no, actors uh, for actors. Just, Just for, actors for, in yeah. general. In general, yeah. Something you would you would get a piece of advice you would give actors.
0: Find people. Oh, I mean, hold on, let me think about this. <laughs> it's a good question because mm. there's so much involved. Oh, absolutely. But bottom line, like, an actor's perspective is wanting to play a role wanting to dive into someone else's shoes mm-hmm. and, like, create something outside of themselves. And so the reason I stopped acting was because I was like, I'm tired of waiting for roles to come to me. I want to just create the roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my advice is, like, find a partner
2: mm-hmm.
0: who maybe is a filmmaker and, like, likes your the way you... I mean, like, YouTube... Mm-hmm. is a great platform. I, like I almost hate to admit it as a filmmaker, but it is ha- and has been for a long time now, the wave of the future. I work for a YouTube company, <laughs> and that is how people are kind of making their mark. Stop waiting for people to give you opportunities and create your own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Writers.
0: Same thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. You know,
0: write, damn it.
2: <laughs> Just write.
0: And like, I mean, if... If you've got a story to tell that wants to come out of you, then let it come out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Find what just... Yeah, a lot of the advice is the same. Find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Don't try to copy other people if it's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, think that there's only one way to do something.
1: Uh, Casting.
0: For people who want to be a casting director? Um... Definitely find projects that you're excited about Mm -hmm. Um, because it just makes the job more fun.
1: Yeah. Um, Producing.
0: It's really important to be a leader and to make sure that every person who's working with you and you're collaborating with, you know how to communicate with them. And you're not just like giving them jobs to do and not understanding what their tasks really are mm-hmm. and what they take. Absolutely. I was an AD as well. It's very similar to producing in that you're running the show. Mm-hmm. And something I found to be extremely helpful was actually dabbling into each department and in a different position and mm-hmm. then coming back to aiding and coming back to producing and knowing what that takes mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't say I'm an expert in each department but I know enough to know like this is what you need and I want to give that to you so that you are happy.
2: Absolutely. Because
0: I like happy crews. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can tell. Because they work better. <laughs> <laughs> a happy environment means happy people that are going to be working with you which yeah. is nice. So
0: having a knowledge of your team mm-hmm. and not just your one position. Absolutely.
1: Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything that is coming up uh, over August or September that you may want to pitch or that you know of that you have coming up? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> Nothing yet. I
0: mean, I'm working on stuff and uh, I mean, I guess one thing that I'm hoping will kind of come out, uh, The Land I Once Knew is a piece that my dad and I co-wrote together. It was his feature script that he wrote and then we made a teaser of mm-hmm. Um, to kind of build momentum around maybe doing a larger uh, fundraising campaign. Mm -hmm. And so that might be something that's in the works um, this summer.
1: Where can people find Cast and Reels?
0: (laughs) Castandreels.com. That's Cast and Reels. R-E-E-L-S dot com.
1: Cast is Reels. (laughs) Castandreels.com.
0: And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the... We have a lot of our... Client work on that website, but if you want to see all of the client work, it's on my Vimeo. Mm -hmm. You can just search Alyssa Carter. Vimeo. Vimeo.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, Definitely stick around for the roundtable discussion. Okay. Uh, This has been great. Uh, I
0: hope I wasn't, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I love that you were pushing the idea of, you know, a lot of, I think if you're know, if you're taking a good theme from this, is one, having an, an, a happy environment and being careful with who you have in that environment that could poison it. Mm-hmm. And then also doing what makes you happy. And, and being not what ra- other people yeah. are doing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And being around people that make you happy it's, as well.
0: It's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's easy, but mm-hmm. like the more you can focus on your excuse me, positive mm-hmm. energy and bringing more positive energy into your environment. Mm-hmm. It's just like things are going to flow, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And don't be a jerk.
0: Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Stop it.
1: I can't say anything better than that. Thank you. Once again, Alyssa, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Back to Daniel and Michael in the studio. That was such a fantastic interview and I can't thank Alyssa enough for, for sitting down with me and talking. Uh, her journey and her uh, positivity and, and um, ethics and, and hard work uh, ethics was incredible to talk about and, and see. And she is such a positive person, and she is so professional. And it was so much fun just to hear how she has gotten to where she is today, and the ups and downs and the waves and um, the stuff we talked to you about off mic. And it was just incredible so definitely check out her website cast com. they do some really really good work they have some work on their website and their prices are really reasonable and they just want to make a great reel for you like that is her goal and her passion for it and when she's talking about it you can see how much she, she just wants to help people uh, with it um, something else we talked about in the interview with our debate about you know putting kind of a time stamp on your goals and your dreams Um you know, I think I got a little defensive, uh, defensive, and I'm sorry about that. I try not to do that with debates like that. I was not saying she was wrong in any way. Um, you know, I think you know it's just both of us are very passionate about what we believe in, and I totally understand where she's coming from. I think you can become successful at what you want to do at any age—45, uh, 55, 65, 35, any age at all—you can become successful. And so, if you have the means and the heart and the financial uh, 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 we're about to continue fighting for your dream and your goals. Please keep doing it. Fight until you can't fight anymore. I want to see you successful. Whoever's listening, whatever your dream is, I want to see you successful at that dream. Okay. Um, I think it was a great debate. I love debates like that. I've never, I never have hard feelings. I never. I, I'm, I, I feel like I pride myself on being good about being able to look at a debate as just something to dis, d, discuss, uh, differing opinions, and you walk away. There's never a personal vendetta or personal feelings towards it. And she definitely changed my view on some things, and I totally agree with her on a lot of the stuff that she said. Um, another thing we talked about is finding your place. Um, how you sometimes don't know exactly what you want to do in life. And that's, that's common for a lot of people. Uh, It took a while for me to realize that how much I love screenwriting, and that's something I, you know, television writing, that I could see myself doing and being happy doing, and I started out acting, and I love acting, I love doing it with friends, and when I get a chance to, but writing really has been a passion of mine since I started doing it, and I love just building worlds and creating, and I would have not known that when I was a kid. It took a long time for me to find that, and so... Don't be upset and don't get frustrated if you haven't found your thing yet. It's out there. You'll find it. You know, it takes sometimes it just it just it's it's like meeting the love of your life. You you have to be at the right place at the right time and the right thing happen where you just go, "Wow. That's it. That's what I want to do." You know, it grows on you. You realize, "Man, I could do this all the time and I'd be so happy doing it and feel so fulfilled because that's another part of doing what you love. It's not just about being happy, it's about being fulfilled." are you you know does it fill you does it fill your soul when you go do the thing you love or the thing you're doing right now that's how you know if it's not you know what you want to do for the rest of your life because it's got to be filling it's got to fill you with joy and happiness and make you feel like you've added something to not just your life but others and that's i think that's important that's important to remember um, but again, Alyssa was great. I, I loved having her on. Uh, so make sure you go find her cast Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Hollywood hustle podcast on Instagram, Hollywood hustle podcast, and on Twitter at LA hustle cast. We, we also want to hear from you. I want to hear, you know, your fears. What do you think holds you back from reaching your dreams? Do you, have you set goals and times, you know, I'm going to try this for this long and then I'm going back home. You know, she even said going home sometimes is not a bad thing. You know, you learn from your failures, you come back and you make it a success out of those failures. Um, So talk to us, email us, hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. We just added a new feature on the site. It's our hustle of the month. And uh, right now we have Seditious Apostate Theater who's doing private performances where they will come to your house and they will do a theatrical show that's somewhat kind of written just for you. Uh, um, it's usually a uh, 45-minute to an hour show. Uh, one is re- that's really cool is a guy will cook you dinner, and while he cooks dinner, he talks about how this meal has shaped him and made him who he is. It's really cool. So definitely go to our website, check that out. Uh, you can go to Seditious apostate.com and you know check that out there or go to our website we have a link there for the private performances definitely check them out Uh, so yeah we have some great stuff coming up next week's episode Michael will be joining us for a round table discussion about the origins of our love for theater where it really took hold of us and who mentored us through that discovery we also talk about building a network and how important a support system can be Uh, that's a running theme in our show I know Finally, we talk about how we handle moments of fatigue and doubt. We all have moments here in L.A. where everything seems so far off. So we talk about how each of us deal with those feelings and recharge our batteries. Because that is so important to make it here and make it in this city, in this this industry. It's crucial. Uh, All of that and more on next week's episode with Alyssa Carter. Um, I can't wait for you to hear it. It's so great. But until then... Just know we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, check us out on Instagram. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, iTunes? (laughs) That's the one you emphasize, right? Tunes. iTunes. Um, Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, We're also on Google Play. We've had some issues with Stitcher, so I apologize. We're still working on that. We're hoping to get that back up. But until all of that comes around, thank you again. And remember, always keep up the hustle. This episode of the Hollywood Hustle Podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, please visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.